Alienation version 2.0. I am Dan. This is episode 242. Jesse's not here. Don't know what he's doing. Camping. He's like camping, isn't he? I think he's watching the Democratic National Convention. Oh, but I have yes. a good story. Yeah? He probably would have liked to have saved, <laughs> but he's not here, so I will tell it. You will make the decision for him. Yes. What friends do? Uh, Okay. Now or? No, I don't know. You're in charge. (laughs) What happened? (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, you kind of set us up and uh, I was kind of waiting for you to tell us an awesome story about Jesse. Okay. He drove the Protos in. Really? Oh, yeah. Like like, uh, Rekit drove? No. Like Nick Nitro drove? (laughs) <laughs> no, not quite that bad. That's pretty good. That that one's really good. Oh no, he drove it in, and it was no throttle hold, dumb thumb, the full deal. Bam. Yeah. Ooh. Bam. And I missed it. Oh. I know. Oh wait a minute! You're supposed to tell the story from your perspective. Are you recounting the phone conversation? <laughs> no, I I I missed it by oh, like. Oh, you were there, but you, oh, your okay. head was turned away. Yeah, something. I missed it. Got it. I showed up about five minutes. Oh, I would say post crash. So but you did get to see the carnage. Oh yes, post- oh, I yes. definitely saw nice. the carnage. He said he was just flying. Was there stuff to- sticking out of the ground? No, no. It actually, I I have to say, and again, it's hard to say without seeing it, but it looks like it got boom blades some links and maybe one set of servo gears not that bad really did the canopy stay on he didn't have it on oh oh that's right because that's his new uh fix <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's how he keeps the esc cool yeah right mm-hmm. so um yeah we went out to uh his father-in-law's place to fly and i show up and he's like well you're gonna be the only one flying So we kind of went over that, and then I said, well, dude, I've got the 570 and the 700. Um, No big deal for those of us with the the V-controls. Rebinding is amazing because nothing is actually stored in your radio. It is so amazing. It really is. You just, like, set the model down, turn it on. And then you turn on the radio that you want to bind it to and go to transmitter and then bind. It'll pop up on the screen and boom, that's it. Like, done. Nothing done. else needs to be done. So you can swap models back and forth in minutes. The only thing that doesn't transfer over, Dan, which we found out, is the is the batteries. 
those are stored in your radio. So he uh, didn't he didn't have my batteries. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Which so one? his bump controller doesn't work then? Or his bump uh like reader? He doesn't have a bump anything. It's not, it's not the bump. It's no no, I mean like the, the battery the battery tag thing. Is that the UI sensor? No. No. The UI sensor has nothing to do. The UI sensor gives you the ability to have a battery logbook, but it do, it doesn't involve tags at all. Okay. Yeah. So when we start up our models, uh, Justin, we tell which ba- we tell the, con- the controller which battery we're flying because that data is in there. That way, you it knows. Yeah, but that's what the, your settings are. That's the only data that is not stored in the v-bar unit itself but yeah. can't you use the the v-control battery tag reader to do that so that you don't have to manually tell it i or, guess or, yes if you have the reader yeah but i have no desire to have those having said that when we were flying at snohomish i think that i managed to pick the battery once out of 20 flights it was pretty humorous, actually. You what? I just forgot every time. Oh, when this you started is why the you need a tag reader? Yeah, it's not I that guess. Big of a deal. We'll see. I'll, I'll, I might try one on one model. They just don't lay out. It's like they were really designed physically for the Logo Seven Hundred Extreme. Like you can tell that okay. that's what they tested it on, where the you know, it's like, yeah, it's kind of an awkward piece of hardware. And and from what I've seen on the SABs, it's hard to find a spot to mount. I might get one, though. You never know. But that was easy because we just set a timer. Um, so no big deal. Then came the other funny part, which was Jesse switched over to XT150s. Oh, la- late last year or something like that. And. And so I I pop open the the trunk on the truck and I'm like, oh, I didn't bring the trailer. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Totally left my charging case at home. (laughs) Awesome. All right. So we kind of laughed about that. And I was like, well, hey, we'll just use your charger, my heli. And, you know, between the two of us, we should be able to put enough crap together to maybe get a couple flights in. (laughs) Well, he... Managed to solder his up completely opposite of how I have oh, mine. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So we're like, dude, this isn't going to work. And then I got looking at it. And I'm like, but we can swap the positive and the negative going into the charger. And now it will oh, no. work. And so we both kind of sat there and looked at it. And it's like, this is one of those things you really want to make sure you're right on. <laughs> yeah, write it down, look at it, get a yeah, second yeah, or third like, opinion. Run your finger down the wire to make sure. Because like, if you don't, you not only blow up your battery, but you blow up his charger. That's right. So the, like, oh, this is fantastic. I like this. Yeah, the Keep whole going. thing was just totally sketch. I mean, everything about it at that at that point, it should have been like, wow, OK, we're just going to go home because that's how this is. This is going to be. But it ended up actually working. 
Hmm. Yeah, we went down there. We flew for, I don't know, a couple hours or something like that. Not a ton of flights, just dinking around back and forth. We did figure out, um, I was, I had mentioned last episode that I wanted to dig in and find out, you know, what is the mojo that is the 570 and why can I paraflip that one so well? And uh, we did a lot of back-to-back flying and kind of comparing and we got the 700 um, between the two of us, got it really close. There's definitely a difference. I think I just underestimated the flip and roll rate that I needed on the 700 to make it react like the 570. Because I'm running a much higher flip and roll rate and uh, have it a little bit dulled down around center. And it's much better. Apparently, your overall flip and roll rate really, really affects um, when you get into those super fast type stirring stuff, especially where you're kind of way out there with the pyro TikToks. So yeah, it was productive. Good evening. I can't say that the uh, the evening before was. While Dan, you don't know this, Justin does. While on the phone in our meeting, what was that Tuesday night? Yes, I am reassembling the the. Black Nitro, because my parts did not make it, unfortunately. Well, they came down, what, Saturday night at Snohomish, which I was like, nah, not worth it. So I'm sitting there dinking around, and I get out, and and, all right, here we go. Let the shit roll in. I'm ready to take it. I get out my trusty toothbrush handle, which I use as a crank lock. I've had this same toothbrush handle since I started flying nitro, I've probably done 300 tightening procedures and loosening procedures with it. Never had a problem. But this time I was on the, I was on the phone. And of course, this is the motor that has the Poochie curse to it. So yes. of course it has to happen. Um, I slid the toothbrush about one quarter of one inch up too far when I went to tighten the new clutch setup on there and I cracked the piston skirt. Bam. Yep. Right in the main oh, shaft. Oh man. So, quickly right in the crankshaft. Yeah. Uh, what I want you to do, Nick, just in case we have some new listeners, uh, since nitro isn't so prevalent as it was back in the day. Just quickly describe what you mean by your toothbrush handle. I mean, we all know, but there's probably somebody out there that doesn't quite well, understand. Well, so the correct tool is a crank clock tool. It's a tool right. you take off the button or the you know the bottom of the motor. You slide this tool in. It goes on either side of the connecting rod to hold um, to lock the connecting rod, which in turn locks the crankshaft so that you can tighten and loosen nuts, clutch stacks, or whatever you know, depending on your heli. Uh, I never, for some odd reason, got around to getting one, a toothbrush handle, which are usually nice, soft, fairly firm plastic. You can just slide it up in there and kind of wedge the connecting rod between the side of the case with the toothbrush handle, and it works perfectly fine. Same concept, a little more crude, yes. But if you happen to have it all in the right spot and go up a little too far with the handle... 
you can, as it kind of bends, you can wedge it up against the very, very bottom of the piston skirt, which is the two kind of almost half moon shapes of the very lower portion of the piston that hang down. Mm -hmm. And I just barely caught the bottom and cracked it. Which, to be fair, I proceeded to giggle like a little schoolgirl (laughs) because it just is. I mean, it's not surprising anymore. I I real I did not even get pissed about it. I just kind of laughed and was like, "Well, of course." I mean, why? Why just, would this not happen with you're this just, engine? You're submitting. You're just submitting. It's, it's just it's lightening the piston, dude. I mean, it should be fine. Yeah. Break the other side off. Break yeah. the other side. There we just go. Just Dremel it. Do a little custom work. Lightning. Yeah. yeah. Lighten it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to order a piston. Good part is, you know, the rings only got about 15 flights on it or so. So I'll swap the ring over. And since there was no rotation of the piston going up in the sleeve, nothing else is damaged at all. Uh, I'll slap a new ring in it and won't have to do anything. I mean, I'll just fly. So let me tell you something though, dude. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know if it's my curse or oh, I definitely Dan's know it's curse, curse or what. That engine has had more pistons in it know, than a dirty hooker. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Mean, it, it's just uh, like this three motor. from me, two from you. Yeah. Dan, did you get some action in on that? No, I never even fired that motor up. But it did come to me rebuilt. Yeah, it might, the curse might have come on. And Justin, if you wouldn't have burned up so many engines in the past, I would believe that. But I don't know. <laughs> that is unfortunate, <laughs> but it is good that you could laugh. I and you know I I did. I sat there and was like, I'm not going to tell anyone. Yeah, like, he's, he tells me on the phone later, dude. He's like, man, I am feeling like a complete idiot. I don't think I'm going to mention it because I just feel like it would be embarrassing. And I'm like, dude, that's what we do Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is like we screw shit up and then tell people about it. Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty funny. I mean, yeah, I got I, like I've got like four of those locks. I should have. Yeah. Lost one in your trailer. Yeah, <laughs> you know what the I tool use? guy, right? The mechanic <laughs> that, that doesn't have the right tool and you three quarter inch oak rod. That works, too. Yeah, that's that works too. Yeah, I've got one of those as well. Toothbrush handle actually works. Yeah, too. I've got it. I use one. I, I use this. I do the same thing. If I can't find the tool, I mean, in a pinch, it works. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm going to be uh, purchasing. Excellent. This week, uh, past that, I got. Oh, thank you, Sab. They were kind enough. I got my magic blades back. Yeah. So the 500 speed is back to 100% full potential. And it is time to start practicing. I uh, unfortunately, I went to Snohomish. And in that last little, uh, little tail chop off incident, something uh, struck one cell and put like this really weird small little pinhole and it bled off voltage. So that one's done. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. So I went to fly it at Snohomish and was like, oh, 
Okay, that ain't right. I'd put one flight in with my old set of packs at, at like 300 RPM lower just to make sure that everything was good and it, it flew dead on, rock solid. So no issue there. But I think I'm going to take that dead pack apart and start practicing soldering because oh, yeah. there you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. The 14S packs, it's going to happen. Well, and I bet you, dude, that you can find two cells out of two 6S packs that you could actually use to make the 14S. You know, I thought about that, but here, here's the deal. You know, because you've been there when I've flown it, that it's hard on packs in this setup. Yes. Like, they get toasty. Even when you don't over discharge them. Even when you don't over discharge. I'm coming like down. Like coming at down at 3.75, 3.8 per cell. At 130 still like degrees. A, yeah, 130, 140. Yeah. So, you know, I, I've i got maybe, oh, man, I don't know, 20, 25 flights. Somewhere around in there. I'd have to go check. So it's right at that kind of like awkward stage of, dude, I do not want to go through making, soldering, reheat shrinking, all of this used cells. Fair point. Fair point. When one welcome, welcome to speed where you just destroyed packs in 25 flights. Yeah. yeah, and it's, well, but, you know, now this isn't bad, because, I mean, t- for the record, I think these packs are like 75 bucks a piece. Yeah, right. So They're, they are reasonable. Um, but I just feel like, you know, I'd rather spend the $75, and then I'll take that 6S pack, and I'll be able to make three, six, uh, three, you know, out of that one single, three additional s- total stick packs out of that one battery. So it, it it'll be worth it. It's seventy five bucks, well spent. Well, that and let let's do the math here. At one hundred and fifty bucks for a twelve S set, that just cost you six dollars a flight. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, That's yeah. about the only thing more expensive than nitro. That is exactly true. Yeah, and if you crash it once, it really gets bad. Yeah. But, hey, it's it's back in the air. Um, I did have a lot of fun. Uh, we we messed around with some Gov tuning on the Hobbywing Gov, uh, which I'll get to that when we talk about Sohomish a little bit. But kind of a quiet week. Dan sent me home with his Oxy mm-hmm. to diagnose why it didn't fly right. Cool part was I diagnosed it, and I didn't even have to fly it. But we knew that going into it. Yeah, we did. Just needs more head speed. Yeah. So either 4S or 4S. 4S is the easy solution, I think. I agree. It's the smarter solution. Yep. We actually, I tried to get some 4S packs at at, uh, Snohomish. Oh, that's right, but he didn't have any. He didn't bring any of the multi-rotor stuff. Yeah, multi-rotor and oxy. Same stuff. (laughs) Uh, So we'll get that sorted, and then somehow there is the remnants, the bits, the important bits of a gasser sitting on my bench. Indeed there is. There's a method behind this madness. It doesn't, 
it might feel strange or seem strange to folks who don't understand what it is we're trying to accomplish by leaving a gasser with Nick, but there's a, a method. There's a reason. I think a pretty good reason. It's a fantastic idea. It well, is. how about this? I'm done. So why don't you just go ahead and lead in and, and, and start with that? Tell, tell them why I have a gasser there. Well, the, the main reason is so, so it gets fixed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. No, that's just, that's just a beneficial byproduct. You guys all know me, and you definitely know what I look for when it comes to helicopters, and that is reliability. For several months now, in hundreds of flights, I've been flying the MSH Protos Max. I'm to the point where I have complete confidence when this heli's in the air. I know that the quality manufacturing and the amazing part support from MSH USA will keep this model at the top of my list. For those of you looking for a top-notch 700 or even an 800-class helicopter that screams quality and has an unbeatable price tag, look no further than MSHUSA.com. I was I was sitting around. I was talking with Nick's wife Kim. And I think it was on Saturday. It might have been. Yeah, I think it was Saturday. And I was telling her that I was going to try to see about getting some type of rack made for the motorcycle where I could put a heli in like a canvas bag or a leather bag and just strap it to the back of the bike and just like if I decide I wanted to go over to Washington for a day or two, I just jump on the bike and go bring a heli with me and she's like why don't you just why don't you just send one home with nick just leave one there hmm i've got two gassers can't generally fly two gassers at one time and i thought that's a really good idea so we got the we got the uh and ones in pieces and ones which in makes pieces, it even better which makes it even better because the one that's flying is here and i love that uh, so what we did is, I mentioned it, I put the the 300 motor, I swapped the motors in the airframes, which at this point doesn't make a bit of difference because both of the airframes have been updated. Well, the other one was, a, the 300 originally was a competition. The 270 wasn't, but it is now because it's been updated. So I put the 300 motor into the 270 frame, and now Nick's got the 270 motor and the crashed 300 frame. I've got yet to get a few parts to him that I'm trying to track down, but they're just, they're not, they're just some conversion parts and little odds and ends. Other than that, it's good to go. So the plan is so Nick can get a little gasser experience, which is always a good thing. Then if I have a day or two and I just was like, hmm, I think I'm going to make the trip, I can uh, just throw my V control in my saddlebag. And I'll have a heli out in Washington for like a weekend trip or something. Yeah. It's great. I, when you, well, you know, when you, when you said it, I was like, ah, damn, that's a great idea. <laughs> well, I just love that your wife is like, hey, I've got an idea that'll get my husband out of the house more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like that's the plan. Get him in the shop. Get him out of my face. Let me do my thing. Yeah. It, I, it's, I can't wait. It's going to be great to be able to just, you know, 
because if I take the trailer uh, over there, I, I'm gonna want to make a you know, I'm gonna want to make a tr- trip out of it. You know, not just like, but if the heli's there and I've got just two days, it's it's just one day there, one day of flying, and come back the next day. You know, just a weekend trip or a, you know, long weekend trip, I guess. And it's a great it's a great ride going out there because I don't take the interstate. I, it's a fantastic going over Diablo is amazing for those of you who've never been and you're on a bike you should definitely do it and it's just great it's just a, it's a fun ride and it's a mm-hmm. quick one day trip yeah that's exciting I can't wait plus I'm excited to see what becomes of the Oxy I'm pretty sure with a higher head speed a lot of those issues are going to go away it's at 3200 now which is pretty low for that little heli that's the reasoning behind that Nick's going to get oh Justin donated a well, let us use. Donate. It's kind of a strong word, right, Justin? <laughs> a gas can. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah. I don't know so what I'm... we're talking about yet. Oh, yeah, the gas can. Oh, geez, Justin, seriously. Did you know there was a fun fly last weekend? I do remember. <laughs> I was there for part of it. Yes, you were. So on to, I get home, I kind of changed my plans right at the last minute. I just came home Sunday. And of course, we got the show done. And Tuesday, I went to the field. And I know I, I really like the 570. But that gasser is starting to overtake the desired heli when it comes to flying. I, I'm just really enjoying flying that gasser. When Nick and I set these machines up, uh, we just kind of went out. Nick flew it and he made some some changes and yada, yada. He goes, ah, how, you know, what do you want it to do? How, how does it feel? And I would kind of tell him and he would make some changes. But what, I mean, and that's great because we got it flying. But one thing that it, it kind of didn't let me do is experience what these changes did. So I started doing it at, at Othello, at uh, Snohomish, where I would just kind of start tweaking with the various settings and just taking it up and trying different things just just so I can see and experience what you know tweaking this setting does or increasing that gain to kind of gain a better understanding of what it is like if I need it to do something or I want to accomplish something you know I'll, I'll be able to better I'll be better prepared to go ahead and and know where to go make that change and you know kind of go from there so I haven't, I've been kind of, that's pretty much what I did. I, I got a ton of flying in, but it was all just kind of tweaking, making it worse, making it better, and trying to just to feel the differences between the different parameters uh, as I went through the day. And it was a lot of fun because I, I actually kind of feel like I'm starting to understand more in depth what, it, what that V-Control is capable of doing. It's, it's easy and it flies good out of the box from the default settings, but it's always kind of fun to tweak, you know, tweak shit up, see what you can yeah. do. Yeah. I was having fun with that. And I did get a couple flights on the 570, but uh, the gasser is really starting to kind of take over in flights. It's a, uh, it's very enjoyable machine to fly and it's just flying so well. It, it sounded great. It's so homish. It just, <laughs> man, I'm really liking it. So, and, you know, Carrie kind of told me that those machines, that engine, that motor in particular, engine, I guess it's an engine, isn't it? Comes into its own 
after about three gallons. And I've probably got uh, the better part of four and a half gallons through it now. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's just really starting to, it's really, it's really starting to fly well, smooth. All those issues are just, everything's starting to smooth out. Very happy with the gasser. Awesome. I, I'm excited I, uh, to get the other one up in the air. <laughs> and it won't take long because that one's got not nearly as many flights, that motor. But it is definitely got, it has about a gallon and a half through it. So it's almost there. I'm starting to collect bits and bobs for another helicopter. I've got an icon coming. Oh, an really? Icon? Or icon. Why? I've an been icon. icon. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's what I Relax. That's why Relax, I responded. Justin. What? <laughs> I get Tell them mixed us. up all the time. The Neo. Got a Neo coming. Yeah, a little bit of a difference. Okay. I don't know why. I don't know What's why. What's it going on? I'm, I'm getting old. I think I got Alzheimer's. What's that? What uh, is it going on? We don't know yet. I but know. I kind of know. but It's got to be a freaking goblin. I don't think it's going to be a goblin. Oh, I also have a, uh, a V-control case coming. <laughs> An actual hard case. Just because. For shits and giggles. What's, uh, what's it going on? going to be an electric i'll tell you that it's going to be a 700 i don't think it's going to it could i don't think it's going to be a goblin i was oh dude i was supposed to win a goblin yeah how'd that work out i don't know what i was thinking (laughs) silly man now how much did you spend on that that's between me and reyes (laughs) and the 60 (laughs) dollars so yeah i think it was 55 70, something like that. Can't remember. I thought for sure, man. I was like, this is it. I'm going to break the curse. Because the only time I win shit is at a planker event. (laughs) Right? Yeah. In true fashion. Now, this was not the goblin raffle, but this was the, kind of, I guess, the overall pilot's raffle with all the goodies out on the table. And it happens every time. Uh, Generally... It gets to the point where they finally just say, all right, whoever hasn't got anything, come on up. Get a koozie. Get a sticker. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I actually got my number called before that happened. However, as I was proceeding <laughs> to get to the table, Reyes finally just gave up and said, all right, if you haven't got anything. <laughs> so people beat me to the table, <laughs> even though my number was called. Ended up with a hat. We talked about this a little bit, I guess, at uh, the live show. But <sighs> one day I'm going to break that curse, guys. I'm going to break it, and I'm going to win something at a at a fun fly. What do you think? I think you're destined to get koozies and mouse pads. Yeah, <laughs> I've got you enough a, of them. You have about as much of a chance at winning. As this freaking Turek motor has of running successfully through two gallons. (laughs) That's sad. That is sad. So let's see. New heli coming probably in the next few weeks. I can't. I'll just go ahead and say it. I I think it's going to be a Protos, but I I just don't know, to be honest with you. Uh, Definitely going to start gathering. Got the ESC ready. Uh, Fly barless controller. Got uh, servos ready for it. Uh, got a motor for it. All I need is uh, the airframe. And uh, we can start building it. 
I wouldn't have guessed that. You don't think so? You didn't about what electric or what? Yeah, I just the the. I I feel like you would. I know have. I've I've done this before. Yeah, I know. Like this is. Remember that day when I you were like, "I'm getting a 380." And I was like, mm, "Don't think I'd get a 380." <laughs> well, at first you were all for it because I don't think you think I don't think that you thought I was serious. Yeah, but then once I figured out you were serious, I was like, "Nah, bro, you ain't <laughs> come, gonna like this." Come fly mine first before you make that decision. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, for some reason, I. T- what I ought to do is get one of the other three electric 700s that I have flying, maybe, is what I ought to do. There's a Marvel idea. Yeah, but they're old. But, dude, what's f- Wait a minute. What's old, dude? <laughs> what do you mean, what's old? The Forza, the E700. The Forza's not old. It's two years old. Neither is the E700. Who cares? It's a great heli. Oh, okay. I do have a legitimate reason for not flying that machine. Okay, go ahead. That's a Dude, it's a great machine. Looks nice. Flies nice. It's rather expensive to crash. It is. That's the only reason. That is the only reason why I'm not interested so much in getting the Forza going, right? Because of that. The Raptor, the E700, I don't know. I really don't have a good reason for not getting that one going. And Nick's always telling me that's the one I need to get going. Oh, I got, yeah. I got everything for it. And shit, it's all I have to do is put the tail boom on. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, but it's, you need a whole new one. That'll I, fix it. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I, it's, I just like having new helis, new shiny, man. Come on. Don't, yeah, but don't get, judge me, man. Don't judge me. No, I'm telling you that. Yeah. Think about how much you like that 570. I do like that 570. Should I get another one? Not another one of that, but I I would be patient and maybe leave room for another heli that size. You've never flown 700 electrics consistently, ever. What are you talking about, Nick? What other heli is that size? Well, no, I mean, just maybe there's, I'm not being secretive or anything. I'm just saying, like, you put a lot of flights on uh, your X5, right? And on the Fusion, right? I did. Okay, and you are thoroughly enjoying the 570, right? I am. So you're trying to tell me that it's because of the size? And yet you have three 700 electrics. That never get flown. So all of your favorite electrics that you've had have been in the 550 class. Damn it. I didn't want to sit on the sofa and be analyzed today. Okay. (laughs) You you might be onto something. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, the point is, uh, I I do have... And I will have the components to finish a helicopter. I just need to put some thought into exactly what that helicopter will be. I'm going to think about that E700. I was talking with Todd about that helicopter, and he really loves it too. I know you loved it. Yeah. Can you still get parts for it? Uh, You know, I honestly, I don't know. 
that would, would be, be a deciding factor. I should look into that. Oh, one other thing. From from here on out, for every email that I get telling me that um and I think I think Nick, you and you and Jesse got this too. But if I get every email that I get that tells me that I just need to pay Justin. <laughs> that was a great email. Oh, dude, that is funny. <laughs> Here, I'm gonna, quote it. I this thought it was awesome. spam because it had like it, the title was like $33 and 33 cents. I well, love this email. I laughed so do, hard. Do, do it says, get, okay, you guys, it's time to just freaking pay Justin and s- stop blue ball jerking him around on the money you owe. Jeez. <laughs> For every one of those emails I get, I'm going to prolong it by one fun fly. Just no, say, man. You guys we are got douches. It. <laughs> we got it figured out. Like, yeah. it's, it had to be right. You know, the moment just had to be right. And it's, it's, this is going to be good. So it'll be worth the wait. Let's put it that way. Have you put any more thought into, uh, Justin, what, what that might entail? I mean, some hints were dropped. Yeah, you guys did drop hints, but I'm not going to put a lot of effort into thinking gonna... it through. I'm just going to wait to see what the hell it is. I actually had probably one of the best. Someone uh, send me a message on Facebook Yeah, huh? and just nailed it. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Are you actually going to? I was like, maybe. <laughs> That's fucked up, bro. <laughs> That's going to be fun. We'll see. Yeah. All righty. I think that wraps up my weekend, my week, whatever it was. So that leaves Justin. For some, it's a hobby, and for some, it's a passion. But one thing is for sure, when it comes to maintaining a heli fleet, staying organized is a must. Now if you're flying all the same size and brand of heli, then it's easy. But if not, having a toolbox full of tools that fits all sizes of helis is not a cheap thing. Well luckily when it comes to your setup, there's only one tool you need to buy. That's the Soko Heli Tool. No need for having half a dozen swash levelers and pitch gauges. One tool, one app, your entire fleet. For more information, log on to www.soco-heli-tools.com. Okay, so I, I got to actually re- rewind back to before Snohomish a little bit because we didn't get to... We didn't get to talk all that much about our week leading up to Snohomish on the live show. So as you know, uh, I've been getting ready for Urcha and it's getting speed helis ready. And the one big thing that has been a bit of a pain lately has been my Diablo speed. We already went through the whole, I got the wrong color canopy, which by the way, uh, I did bring to Snohomish because I got so many requests to see it in person. And it was actually, it was quite a polarizing uh, or polarized response. There are a lot of people that said they really liked it. And then there are a lot of people that were like, dude, that does not look like the picture you posted on Heli Freak. That sucks. Yeah, it doesn't. The orange is like, it's not orange. 
It's like electric traffic cone. Yeah, it's like hot orange. Like it is. You, it's a, dude, you're right. Traffic cone orange. It's a fluorescent orange, like straight out of like a nineteen ninety one bad to the bone t shirt. Oh my god, dude. And I know that there are some people out there that are like, dude, I totally have dude. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, so it is. It's like it's a traffic cone yeah. fluorescent orange. And and that's the thing. Like, that's why it's it's so striking on the otherwise sort of drab background. It just doesn't fit in my mind. Uh, I, I would have if it looked more like the orange that we've got in our RCHN logo, I think I would have been more down for it. But alas, it's not. Well, I, you know what? I I like it. I I mean, I think it looks very sharp, but it's not what you ordered. So that's, you know what I mean? It isn't. You're right. It's just not what you ordered. Although I like it. I do like it. But here's the deal, Dan. I'm not here today to talk about what I didn't order. I'm here today to talk about what I did order. Oh. And didn't get. Huh. Okay. So there's your hint. I, I did a couple of marathon build nights because this is a complex alley. And, you know, I, we Nick and I were doing the regular phone call thing where we're on the phone for like three or four hours, sometimes silent by, you know, for five minutes, only interrupted by someone's Dremel tool or drill press in the background. And, you know, I had gone through this thing and cleaned it up as much as I thought I could at the time without taking it apart. And then I started replacing bits and pieces and I'm like, holy shit, there's a lot more nastiness in here. So you got all the lube and the grease from the regular operation. And then remember, it fell through like 200 feet of trees into sand down in Florida. The sand was everywhere. So I literally ended up breaking this thing down to individual piece parts like a bare ass kit right? Fasteners and all cleaned everything, degreased it, uh, you know, checked all the bearings, replaced a few and basically went back to square one and rebuilt the entire thing back up to normal. Now, uh, you know, I had gotten to the boom portion and for those that don't know, because most people haven't seen a Diablo underneath the fuselage, It's got a regular, uh, you know, big 35 millimeter boom, beefy ass boom. And then it's got a carbon fiber tail control rod. And it just kind of runs through some little rod guides that are they're kind of like a plastic tube. And you wrap a skinny O-ring over the top of the boom and then twist it around the tube and lock it with another piece. And that kind of acts as a flexible rod guide. So I get the rod all set up and ready to go and I'm looking through my parts and I'm like, wait a minute, I don't have any rod guides. Where are they? So I'm like, you know, I don't throw my boxes away because I've been there, done that where I get so excited about a shipment. I get it in. I pull all the parts out. I forgot what I ordered because it was like last weekend. But upon initial inspection, it's got what I need. But there's a bunch of popcorn or ripped up you know, newspaper shreds, I'm good to go. And then I throw the trash out and the part was in the box. 
the other part that I needed. So since that's happened in the past, we keep boxes at least until I'm done with the rebuild. Went back through both boxes because I had gotten two, one with the fuselage, one with the with the tail system. Nothing. Can't find it anywhere. Check my invoices. Yep, there they are. Part numbers are there. Right quantity. Paid for them. No parts. Okay. So a little frustrating, especially in light of the whole fuselage thing. No biggie. Uh, emailed Chuck, texted him. Hey, dude, uh, you know. Looks like maybe you you missed a couple of parts. Can you get them sent out? Yep, no problem. They'll be in the mail tomorrow. All right, so I keep going, and it comes to the point where I have to get the boom uh, tightened or pulled back into position. So what you do is it's a belted heli. You put the tail case on there. You get the pulley set up. You got the belt in, and then when you're ready to tighten the belt, you pull the tail boom back out and you tighten it up front in the boom blocks. So I'm pulling and I'm pulling and the belt's tightening and then the boom just kind of like falls to the to the bench. What the fuck's going on here? It had come out of the boom blocks, but the tail wasn't tight. So what happened? <laughs> well, D-bag Poochie here pulled a nick uh, a toothbrush piston nick and cut the tail boom too short. <laughs> All right. So, so let's walk through this. The tail boom comes as an 800 millimeter capable boom because the, the original Diablo, you can stretch it to 750 or 800. And so the, the Diablo speed has sort of like a, a custom tail boom length. So Chuck just sends you an 800 boom and you cut it to length. Well, it had been a while since I had disassembled it from the crash in December. And I had the boom that was left over. I had to do that the last time so I could use it as a template. So I used the the boom and I cut it and it was a nice clean cut with the Dremel. Perfect. Stuck it in there. All's well. What I didn't realize is I hadn't thought back to when I originally disassembled the heli and the boom in the crash had gotten shoved so far into the frame that the tail belt tensioners got stuck up inside the boom and mushroomed out the end. And I couldn't get the mushroom out of the boom blocks. Oh, yeah. So I had to cut the mushroom off. (laughs) So that was like nine days old all over again. (laughs) Yeah, it was fantastic. So after that happened, I did the same thing you did with the piston. Nick, I started laughing and I'm like, fuck, forget it. I'm done. Done. Put the tools down, turn the lights off, walked out. (laughs) I don't even want to see the damn thing. So I send Chuck another text and followed up with an email. Hey, dude, I screwed up. You know, I got cut the tail boom too short. Uh, can you get me a new tail boom? Yeah, it'll be in the in the mail. Okay, so I, I figured no big deal. I'll get it early this week and we'll get her up in the air and running. And so, you know, next night I came around and did a little bit of uh, of electronics installation wiring started to get it spooled up make sure you know the motors wired correctly and so on and so forth and i'm spooling it up and i hear some weird clicking 
and I end up tracing it down to the swash plate. So there seems to be something in the swash plate that is loose, probably a piece of the large bearing race or a ball or something. Either way, it's not good. Like you spin that up to 2700 and shit's going to fly apart. So I had to get on the phone with him again. <laughs> you got a swash plate. He's like, nah, man, I don't think so. Let me check with Nick. Nick Maxwell's a team pilot. Nick didn't have any swash plates. Uh, I also discovered I didn't have any or that my uh, my landing gear were bent. Now, I knew that and I always was planning on just rebending them. And if I couldn't just forming my own landing gear, no big deal. But I figured since I, I'm, I'm on the phone with him again for the third time in the last 24 hours, if he can pull a freaking swash plate out of his hat, then surely he can get some some landing skids, right? No skids, no, no swash plate. Now, uh, my buddy, Jeffrey Craig, thank you, sir. Uh, he's actually trying to sell his Diablo, but no one wants to buy it because they're afraid of the price. And so he's like, here's the deal, dude. Let me just give you the swash plate and the landing gear. We'll be fine. You can give it back to me later. So he gets that in the mail. Uh, this week rolls around after snow homish. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And the week's busy, so I'm not really paying attention. I, I He had emailed me and said, yeah, it went out on Friday. So I text him today. I'm like, hey, dude, um, I haven't seen the boom yet or the other parts. I and also, by the way, I ordered blades with the original order. Where are those? He's like, oh, I thought I shipped them out on Friday, so I'll go check. Well, long story short, it appears as if they were not shipped. This is the part where I need to take a deep breath (laughs) because what that means. We are recording tonight on a Thursday, right? My airplane takes off of the ground from Seattle at 6 a.m. on Tuesday. And Chuck is in South Carolina. The parts are not going to get here. He even offered to bring them to Urcha. And I said, you know what? I'm I nope. we're done. If I can't build it here at home, get it maidened and tuned here at home over the weekend because that's what this weekend is for me i'm done i'm off of work until a week and a half from now it's all getting ready for urcha then i'm not going to bother so i will not be competing in f4 with my diablo speed um which aggravates me because i got fourth place in that class last year to some very skilled pilots and this year Miles, uh, Miles Dunkel, who holds uh, the world record or the previous world record on Diablo speed and is a fellow ex Nova team pilot. I was looking forward to competing alongside him. No such luck. Hmm. I'm a little pissed. I feel like this could have all been avoided. How? Uh... Start the rebuild six months earlier. Fair Nick point. Kind of has a point. I, I mean, like, I point. get it. Now, I, here's I, the deal. Look, dude, I, I hear you. I am absolutely a part of this mess. I agree. 
I'm not assigning blame one way or another, but I'm still pissed off. <laughs> well, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it was a, a you know, they screwed up, um, but I don't feel like you gave yourself very much margin for error. Yep, I agree completely. I screwed up. I could have started earlier. I, I mean, I guess it's just icing on the, you shit know, cake. shit cake <laughs> from the whole fuselage color deal. Yeah. <laughs> well. Very aggravating. So well, one less heli to, to pack. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know that that is true. That is true. But of all the helis, that's the last one I wanted to not pack. Right. But it is what it is. Uh, so this week, I've just been getting all of my packing equipment uh, back down off of the sort of the over overhead shelves that I've got installed in the garage. Got the big double golf case. And uh, this weekend, we will be out at the field pretty much every day because my parents just showed up. Uh, so they will... Uh, hang out with Marnie and Charlie while I go and fly. Excellent. Yeah. Sounds like a good week. <laughs> Kinda. Kinda. Nah. Yeah. No. Okay. At least you only have a couple more days of work. I actually don't have any work. Oh, you're done. I mean, I'll I'll have to get on a couple of telecons here and yeah, there, but I'm yeah, not going in anymore. At, at no point have you ever been able to say, no, no, I don't have any work. You'll be sitting there on Sunday night at like three in the morning. Maybe. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, so, hey, it is what it is. I am not going to let it get me down at this point. I will get pissed for probably another 12 hours or so, and then I will get over it. I still have the TDR2 and the R5 to compete with, and I may actually be competing with the Secret Squirrel. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. There you go. Excellent. Well, is that about wrap it up? Yeah, I, I don't have anything else, man. About some news. Do we have any news this week? With flying season in full swing, in midsummer right around the corner, one of the most important things to me is getting parts quickly. There's absolutely nothing worse than being out at the field all weekend, banging out the flights only to end the weekend with a crash, and to know that you might not be able to get the parts in time to have your heli ready for next weekend. I always look for parts at LowerHeli.com as they have excellent customer service and, of course, fast shipping. I know that as soon as I place an order, Ken is on it. So for all your parts needs, be sure to check out LowerHeli.com. You know, I didn't put any together because I'm going to kind of pile it all together with the exception of there was just one thing that I wanted to talk about. And this was, um, someone put this up in our news section, which I think is pretty cool. Okay, well, as we had discussed before, um, we all know that Matt Lund had passed away. Well, um, you know, I'm I'm postponing the news because there's going to be a lot of stuff with Urcha, and I I feel like right 
after Urcha, we're just we'll just pile everything into once. But I did want to bring this one thing up. Matt Lund had passed, and Mikado USA really stepped up and is doing something that I think is what makes this hobby awesome. Uh, you know, he had a lot of stuff. He had a lot of stuff. And when you have a weird hobby like we do, uh, passing along, leaving a lot of hobby stuff can be pretty daunting for a spouse and a family to deal with. So Mikado USA said, hey, we got an idea. They have set up a silent auction at Urcha so that you can bid on um, the the items that you would like and pick them up there. Everything will be there so you can see what is in each heli and then, um, you know, decide if you want it. Logos, that is awesome, dude. Yeah, logos, goblins, gassers, Forzas, T-Rexes. I mean, new unbox 766, uh, the JRXG11, lipos, the whole deal. Um, it, it's just like, wow. Uh, for those of us who aren't going to Urcha, um, so uh, who is, I know this, but I can't think of it. Who is laughing still? I can't remember a oh, heli freak name. Yeah. Laughing still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It's not Gorgon, is it? No, I don't think so. I remember. Oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue, and I just can't well, think of it. They're they're with Mikado USA, so just get a hold of them. But at any rate, um, you can actually PM him on HeliFreak with the items you would like, and then they'll put that bid in for you, and you can PayPal the family directly through PayPal, so this isn't going through Mikado or anything like that. And then um, he'll actually go ahead and deal with shipping it to you. So, I mean, this is just, wow. I mean, absolutely, wow, that they are willing to do this. So my hat's off to Mikado USA. Thank you guys for doing just taking something that can be so daunting for a family and, you know, basically he, they're just going to deal with it and, and the money. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Very nice. So we will rally up with the rest of news because there's a whole lot of random stuff. And my guess is that anything that we say, Justin's be able to going to be able to give us more information on and see, we've got some, some Gowie up, uh, updates, uh, yeah. Oxy updates, some hobby town updates and all that, but we'll hear about it more from Justin. Excellent. Yeah. That is something I'm looking forward to. It is a fun part of the event. You're going to have time for that? Yeah, dude, I am because, you know, I get there Tuesday afternoon, so I won't get to the field until Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning is setting up the, the course mm-hmm. uh, so that people can practice on Wednesday on a sort of a static course. Thursday, we're going to be doing some training of the volunteers who are going to be running the triggers and the scoring and stuff. And as a result, people who are there practicing can get their, their self, themselves timed so they can see how they're doing. And then the competition is Friday. But what that means is we're really only competing one day. Wednesday and Thursday is going to be relaxed so I can go back and forth. And then uh, Friday, it's only like eight until two. So all Friday afternoon and all day Saturday, I can do pretty much whatever I want to do. 
Excellent. Well, I expect lots of product updates. Yes. Yes, I will. Absolutely. We will post to Facebook. When it comes to fly barless systems, there are so many on today's market, it can be very difficult to decide which one is right for you. You really have to look past the price and start focusing on other things like customer service, product support, and of course, features and flight capabilities. In my mind, the Spartan Vortex fly barless system ranks right near the top when it comes to these categories. Their product support and customer service is second to none. They are constantly updating their units to improve the flight performance and bring you more features. So when shopping for your next fly barless system, visit spartan-rc.com. Okay, so moving right along, what, we, uh, what we're going to talk about this week, uh, a couple things probably, but uh, in particular, being that we're fresh off of Snohomish, we're going to kind of spend a little time going over kind of a recap of the event and what we thought about it. Who wants to start first? Um, Bueller? I can go. I will go. Oh, no, Justin, you go. Yeah, I'm going to go because mine's probably going to be pretty quick here. I obviously, as you so painfully pointed out on the live show, wasn't there all that much. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I work was work. It's not even there's no point in even making an excuse. It sucks. So that resulted in me getting there at nine o'clock on Friday. No flying, obviously. A uh, little bit of drinking. I did enjoy that Outlaw Grill was there. Hadn't seen Larry and Jamie since uh, what? Since October, actually, mm-hmm. when they were at Brett's uh, uh, Sagebrush Smackdown. So that was pretty cool. And, you know, they they have kicked it up a notch. Like I was talking to Larry and he's saying business is getting better and better. Uh, they're booked pretty much throughout the summer. And every time they get a big you know, paycheck, he goes and buys a new piece of equipment. So now they've got like slushy machines and like frozen drink dispensers (laughs) and like a three tub deep fryer, all sorts of great stuff. Uh, So I really enjoyed that. I got some uh, made to order potato chips, fried chips uh, with sweet potatoes and regular potatoes. And then on the house, a large margarita. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So, you know, Friday night was just kind of hanging out with you guys. Uh, the wives were there. My son was there for a little bit. Hung out with friends. Kind of caught up with a few people. Watched some night flying. Nothing too crazy. Although Rob Clark was uh, was doing a pretty decent job of throwing down over the high grass. Drove it in twice. Went back each time, rebuilt it, no doubt, out of Ken's stock at Lower Heli. Sure. Yes. Yeah. And and then uh, got back up and did it again. So that was kind of fun. Saturday rolls around. Uh, I I slept in. Dude, I had a long day. And I was up and I was at the field until two o'clock in the morning. Uh, listening to a certain someone run his mouth about all sorts of garbage, mm-hmm. uh, which I'll I'll leave alone beyond that. You know who you are, Austin. <laughs> oh, man. Damn it, you let it, it slip. slip. It slipped. It's okay. He gets it. He's repenting. 
Uh, and so I, I rolled up to the field on Saturday at 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And the second I get there, Nick's like, hey, dude, did you know that there was like fun fly this weekend? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's ridiculous. I had half a dozen flights in by the time you hey, got there. Hey, you know what, dude? Each person's fun fly is is their fun fly. You want to wake up at seven and get a half dozen flights? I want to sleep in, drink some coffee, and show up and get beat on for not being there earlier. So that's how it works. Well, it, uh, mission accomplished. Yeah. Anyway, got got set up there uh, like usual. Caught up with a bunch of uh, friends that I hadn't talked to Friday night. Um, I, you know, that's a big part of the fun flight for me is the social aspect. I don't consider it necessarily a time when I'm going to get a slow of flying in because oftentimes when I'm at my home field, there's either no one there with me or only a couple of other people and I can get, you know, flying in pretty constantly. So I got to hang out and chat, uh, talk to, to Joseph Lai, a good friend of mine, a fellow MKS servos pilot. He is improving. Did you guys see that guy throw down on that Gowie X3? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Good stuff. He also had uh a couple of crashes. I didn't see them, but I heard about them. And then he bought a a Synergy 766. So, you know, he asked if he could come over to my my tent and get a few tips on how to build it and what to look for. He's one of those guys who would be happy literally just handing the kit to someone like us to build. And then he's just going to go and fly the shit out of it. So, you know, building is, is kind of not his thing. And so, yeah, I, I was able to help him out with some tips, tell him what to degrease, tell him what to lock tight and where and how much. And, you know, a lot of it he knew, but a lot of it was actually new to him. So I felt, felt pretty good that I could help him out. Uh, and then finally got around to flying. I got, oh, I'd say on Saturday, I think I got about eight flights in between the TDR-2, the Secret Squirrel, and the R-5 South Flight Line uh, because the North was pretty packed and I wasn't going to have people shut down and stop. Uh, Some of them were good. Some of them were not so good. Um, I think I made Nick and Sean poop their pants with the TDR-2. Yeah, that uh, one was I, not pretty. Not whew. your not your best run. Nope. <laughs> hey, you know what? Sometimes we have good days. Sometimes we have bad days. <laughs> <laughs> so that particular run was one where I was I was pulling aggressive through the bottom of the reverse half Cuban. And I think I just misjudged at the end getting the angle lined up correctly. So I thought I needed to dip a little bit lower. And I kept dipping and I kept dipping and then I had to pull up because the ground was there <laughs> fast, fast. Yeah. Um, so aborted that run and just kind of let it trace across the sky nice and slow and, and then kept going from there. Uh, but I did get another good run in on that one. Uh, so it was just a fluke. Hey, it is what it is. No one's perfect. Had a lot of good runs on the Secret Squirrel. Uh, one super solid flight on the R5. Man, that some bitch is ready to go. That was on 12S, okay? And I just ordered a new 14S pack. 
that should be here by tomorrow or at the latest Monday. It'll only have been broken in when I compete with it next Friday. So it's going to be freaking fantastic. I can't wait what I can to see what I can do with that. And then, you know, Saturday night rolled around. We did the show. You guys kind of heard about that on the live podcast last week. Sunday, you know, I came there thinking I was going to get flights in. And then I kind of got there and was just tired, like just not feeling it. So I didn't force it. I basically just kind of hung out, chatted, watched Nick and Jesse fly. They were banging out flights left and right. Dan, I feel like you were kind of having a similar Sunday morning as me because we were both just kind of hanging out and relaxing. Uh, But that was good. Uh, And then I left probably around noon or so. So Saturday got some flying in. No Sunday, no Friday. I think it was a good event. If I if I were to summarize, I think it was a good event. I think it would be better for me if I had been there more often and had gotten more flights in. But I did enjoy catching up with people and I could see for others around me. It was a really positive event. I would so agree. That's, that's my Snohomish experience. Nice. I came up a little bit early. Uh, Tuesday, I think I headed out, and then Wednesday I went up to Nick's. Wednesday, or Wednesday it was late, late Tuesday night, Wednesday afternoon. I think Nick, we brought the trailers down. I believe, right? Yeah. And the weather was nice. We talked about that a little bit. Um, didn't really hang out much. Just kind of dropped the trailers off and headed back home. But so we come back Thursday evening. Kind of looked like the weather was going to kind of go a little bit south on us, which it did. So it kind of was crappy and on Friday. Kind of, I don't know, not a lot of flying happened and did get a few flights in. But Friday night, I did something at a fun fly that I haven't done in a long time. And I I mean, I stayed up. I usually never stay up much past midnight. I'm just too old for that shit. But I was up till four o'clock in the morning. And man, did I, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I did it right this time, though. I went straight to You tied one on. I did. I, I, I haven't drank that much alcohol in a long time, and there was a couple margaritas, one margarita with a bunch of tequila in it and a bunch of whiskey in it, a bunch of beer, all kinds of stuff. I had a really good time making fun of Austin. That was kind of fun. Got, I started getting a little old, <laughs> as we all know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but just, just kind of hanging out. And Saturday rolls around and um, got the oxy out, flew it, and got the gasser out, was flying it. And it was like, it was just like a good combination of a couple flights hanging out, a couple more flights hanging out. It wasn't like I was, I didn't meet that quota. And as I mentioned on the show, the live show, but it was kind of something that I didn't typically ever do at a fun fly. It was like, I would get like maybe two or three flights and then just not fly or just kind of, you know, this was different. It was just kind of steady, um, a lot of socializing. I always love it when I get a chance to kind of catch up with Todd. Yeah, that was fun. Saturday Saturday night, of course, we did the show. I'll go ahead and say it. Someone needed to tell Todd to stop <laughs> when he was when he was on the mic. You know, he was having fun. Got a little, <laughs> little, little, little much. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. Life goes on. Uh, but one thing is strange that really sticks out in my memory from that particular night. And Justin, 
you and I both kind of had it and I never even considered it. And I asked Nick because he wanted one, a deep fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh my God, dude. Yes. That's just, it doesn't sound right. It sounds disgusting. But it was delicious beyond compare. Oh yeah. (laughs) And it was the only thing it was missing, the only thing it was missing is a nice, big, tall, cold glass of milk. Right? Yep, I agree with you. Uh, I mean, we had already been drinking, and at that exact moment that I took the bite, I was like, I don't need alcohol. I need milk. Yeah, <laughs> but it was so good. Nick wasn't And, and they it. told us that they will deep fry anything. For those of you who are coming to our fun fly in September, bring your shit, guys. They, they will, will deep, deep fry, fry whatever it. food you would like. <laughs> Please don't bring shit. I don't. did that didn't come off all yeah. that well. Yeah, Tootsie rolls. Yeah, uh, so way. yeah, I mean, I you know I was pretty uh, adamant about winning a goblin seven hundred. I was pretty damn sure it was going to happen. That didn't happen, of course. Then I, I thought for sure I was going to win a charging case, and well, I was kidding myself with that because there's no way in hell that was going to win because I only had one ticket. Was trying to increase the odds, just didn't happen. But you know, we got um, I got to 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 mess around with um, like I said, like I, you know, starting to mess around with a little bit of tuning on the seven hundred, the, the gas blend, and, and man, I got to tell you, that heli, it just, mm, it was so sounded so good there. Yes, and, it was, and just flying. I mean, it's just solid. Um, unfortunately, uh, I didn't get to see it. But the only other Gasplin in the region, Carl had a bit of a ground incident with his. Friends don't let friends fly regulators. <laughs> is, that, is that what the problem was? Yeah. Dude, Oy. that corner of the field was like the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> I shit you not. Like, I was over there with Sean and Michael and Juan and doing speed flying. And, of course, I got to take up the whole field. So when people went out there, it's like, all right, I'm going to wait. I swear, in one hour, three helicopters went down out in that corner of the field. That's the new corner, isn't it? It is. It's the new open corner. It's the, what is it, the the southeast corner. It demands its heli blood. Yeah. It does. It <laughs> needs to be, yeah, paid. And that's a, that's another thing that, that uh, you know, you mentioned your speed flying and and. I've seen you fly many times and due to the new glasses for the first time. And that was, that was neat to be able to see the machine throughout the whole flight. I mean, watching you go all the way out and up and around and coming back. Whereas before it was like, at some point I would lose it and then I'd just kind of wait and hear it. And then, Oh, there it is. (laughs) You know, I wasn't able, that was kind of cool to see it. Yeah. See, you can speed fly, dude. It was just your glasses. I, from what I saw, I definitely could. Now, it, you know, I don't think I'd be very good at it, but I, I could, I could do it, and I don't think I would lose it, uh, providing the sky was clear and there was no wind, and then, you know, it was a perfect day. Then maybe I wouldn't lose do it. it. No, not not gonna do it. The do a gasplin speed. <laughs> gasplin speed. Is <laughs> this? Is the short, is it going to be a nice short course? Sure. Okay. We'll give you 120. <laughs> Maybe I'll do the 120 with my gas blend at, at our fun fly. 
There you see. go. That's it. Perfect. Just to see. Be kind of fun. Um, no crashes for me, which is always nice. Uh, I think all in all, I ended up with, I want to say 12 flights throughout the whole weekend, which is really good for me. At a for fun you, flight. that's really good. Yeah, that's like, and it was, uh, it, there was something about this event that felt different for me than most events in the of the last couple of years. And I, um, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I know we've talked kind of privately about the differences between this year and previous years, but from my perspective and not experiencing the fun fly from the, the old, the, old, the glory days, I guess, I don't know if you want to call it that, that, uh, you know, the last five years, six years, whatever it, it was kind of informal, you know, it was, it wasn't small. There were 70 some pilots. So I guess that's small by some people's standards, but for us, that's a, that's a fairly good, that's a fairly good attendance, right? And it was, um, man, I just had a good time. And uh, I definitely look forward to going again next year and getting a fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But I, w- I will tell you this, that all that fried food throughout the weekend was just, oh my gosh. I, I had to stop on the way home. And eat just a green salad, just a green salad with nothing on it. That was a pretty common uh, statement made, dude. You, I think Nick said it. I heard a couple of people talking about it. Yeah, I felt it didn't bother me all that much, but I felt toxic. Larry and Jamie anticipated it. And at the end, they had these kale pineapple smoothies. Did you have one? Dude, I did. So did Sean Hempel. You know you liked it, dude. Was it, it good? It was. It was fantastic. Something about the word kale that doesn't. If you do it right, you won't taste the kale. It's just green. It just right. looks green. It was very good. Yeah, I know they were. That was that was uh, good on them. I mean, that was good thinking ahead of time because I mean the fried food is delicious. I mean it was everything. It's just those big, the potatoes. Chips cooked perfectly, just the right amount of crunchiness, yep. with the right amount of meatiness, you know, right amount of salt. It was just perfect. Um, but it just it gets to be a little much after you know two and a half or three days of it. Uh, but it was good, and anything you wanted, they had. Um, I will say this, in fairness, and I don't know what it was, um, but the first night, and I I just remember I ordered uh, like a corn dog. And then I had a sandwich the next day and I was like, hmm, I don't, it just doesn't feel like it was as good as it was at our fun fly. Like, like it's different. It just didn't seem to have the pizzazz, the flavor. I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just cause I haven't been eating a lot of greasy food, but as the weekend progressed, I was like, damn, this shit's good. I mean, it was, <laughs> That's I was, probably what it is. I was just like, man, that is just, uh, I loved it. And I, I kind of regretted. I didn't try the, uh, Sweet potato fries because I didn't really know if I liked them. I did because I just they were really tasty. Yeah, I I think my favorite was the curly fries though, Dan. Yeah, and uh, they had uh, they had a lot of good shit. Fried eggs in the morning. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it was a good event. I had a lot of flying and uh, or good flying and uh, good socializing was good. I don't know about are you guys. I guess maybe we're getting to that part of the season where I don't know. You're kind of. I don't know, maybe a little getting to the point where you're like, yeah, I'm kind of glad there's only one, one event left. Is that maybe it's cause I have to travel so damn far, but 
And I was going to say, no, I'm not that way because Snohomish was only my second event this year. Yeah, I just, it's because. What was I, it for you? Third. Uh, yeah, you did. You went to Silver Hills. You went to Dieter's Fun but, Fly. And it's like, that's the closest one at four hours away. You know, dude, I, I, I get that. That's a fair point. I mean, every fun fly you go to, you're flying, you're flying, you're driving four to eight or 10 hours. So yeah, it's, it's that's painful. I, I do think, I do think I am going to go to George's fun fly, but I'm not bringing a heli. I think I'm just going to stop in on my way to either go up to Nick's or see my brother out there just for the half a day or a day or something. Uh, just because it's along the way, you know. Yeah, there you go. Won't be bringing any helis, just kind of stopping in and hanging out for a little bit. How about you, Nick? It was different for me. It uh, Friday, you know, getting down there was all good. I was happy we got a great spot. I'm glad we went down early. Uh, couldn't be any happier with that. As far as, like, setup goes, everything was great. Motorhome's all good. So that was nice. We had no issues, really anything there. And and Friday, it was very evident that it was a lot smaller than normal. Um, Friday, the weather was just bleh. It just misty rained until, yeah, like 2 o'clock. And I feel like it, you know, and it's like even when it quit raining, it just like the rain quit, but the mood didn't change. The look didn't change. Nothing changed. And I feel like it kind of got the day off on the, on the wrong start. And just like no one really ever snapped out of it. That's what it kind of felt like. Except, I mean, I did because I just was like, well, it's not raining. I'm flying. And I put in a ton of flights that day, over a dozen um, that, you know, I, I really didn't even count and they were all good and I was having fun and Jesse and I were banging them out, but it just kind of like, it didn't have that like bouncy, oh my gosh, it's, it's the Snohomish fun fly feel. Uh, Saturday was, was way nicer. And again, it was, you know, so I got, I don't know how to put it. I look to. Uh, our fun flies up here are different in the Northwest. You know, they're all for the most part, pretty, very laid back. I'm not going to say pretty. I'm going to say very laid back. Very, very not like a lot, you know, a lot of the other ones out there. So when people are like, yeah, you know, like it's cool. It's a real relaxed, totally chill feeling. Like I get that and I can appreciate it and I like it. But sometimes I like, I want to be entertained. And, and Snohomish has had that before. You know, when Bodos would come and he was on the mic at night and we had the lights and people flying. I mean, you remember that epic mid-air crash? Was oh, it? yeah. Yeah, just stuff like that. I mean, you were out there having a grand old time and it just uh, it was entertainment and I 
I love the low key and I love the casualness, but I also like to be entertained every now and then. I get and, that. I get it. And that that aspect was very gone. Yeah. Uh, very gone. Great fun fly from a casual, you know, from a flying side of it. I had nothing go in. I even tumbled my 380 down the down the field, flipped it back over, straightened out the blades, and took off again. <laughs> Apparently, they don't do inverted autos as well as I think they should. <laughs> but um, so from that part, it was great. I, you know, Ken was there. I was really, really, really impressed with Ken Stocka. By far, hands down, no question, this year, he was better than ever. I mean, way better than ever. It was not, you know, in years past, it was just all aligned stuff. I mean, he had Mikado stuff there, Neos. I bought a UI sensor. He had Protos parts. He had batteries, all different brands, OptiPower, Pulse. I mean, I was I was really impressed with his setup. And, and that was cool to see him, you know, and talk to him. And he's like, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not really, like, I'm not having a fun time with the multi-rotor stuff. And I'm just going back to focusing more on helis because it's better for me. And I'm like, dude, hell yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes everybody's all doom and gloom and Kent's over here like, I don't know, man, hellies are going good and sales are good. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's cool. Yeah. True. True. And so, um, you know, yeah, that all that part of the fun fly, they did, they did a good job on everything. There was no, uh, there was no safety concerns. It was laid out. Great. They did a great job with the fun fly. It was just, it felt like, you know, 70 or what was it? 70 something? 72, I think. I think I saw 72 or 74. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a big difference from 110. It is. You know, and I think something I never really considered, uh, based on what you're saying now, cause we hadn't really talked about it, but, I think I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, but because you're right in that Snohomish was kind of not only a fun fly, but it was a show, right? Oh, yeah. And I get that. I never really thought of it that way because I, you know, I don't really go to many fun flies that are shows, but it definitely was kind of missing that this year. Well, you know, I, I, I guess what I'm, I'm kind of realizing is that they're, I enjoy a time and a place for a little bit of all aspects of the hobby. You know, and our we put so much into our fun fly and anyone who's put on their own fun fly knows the amount of work that goes into it. You don't really get to sit back and appreciate to like sit down and watch the guys that can fly amazing. You know? And Snohomish is like that's my place to do that. Yeah. Because it is so casual. I love watching those guys fly in person. Now, that doesn't make a fun fly for me. So don't get me wrong. And that's not what we've ever been about. But it doesn't mean I don't like to do it every now sure, and then. Sure, sure. Right, right. You know, I mean, it, it really puts it into perspective. Like, oh my God, these guys can fly. And so that's my one time of the year where Nick enjoyed 
kind of setting down the transmitter and, you know, just watching. Yeah. And that, that part wasn't there. So I, I felt a little cheated on that end, but everything else re- really did, you know, it, it went well. Um, got more flying in on Sunday. I mean, got a bunch more flights in on Sunday. Podcast went really well. You know, I, yeah, I, I don't have any complaints. I got some stuff from Ken and, and all was well. It was a good fun fly, just very different than what it was before. Still great, just different. You know, it's uh, one thing I forgot to mention that I kind of want to go over briefly on Sunday. It was kind of a uh, <laughs> Charlie actually kind of started warming up to me because, you know, I don't really spend a lot of time around it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's uh, true. So he and I were kind of hanging out, and <laughs> I was in my trailer, and he came over to see what was up, and he was going to give me a hand, and so he 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 was taking helis. That actually, I actually put the broken goblin out, uh, I was just kind of gathering everything up and I had it in a box outside the trailer and he, he reaches in the box and he goes here and he brought it back and he goes, I think you should put that right here. And he was putting stuff back in the trailer. <laughs> and another thing that was kind of fun was, um, he wanted to show me how well he could jump. So he put that box outside my trailer just right at the edge and he mm-hmm. was, and I just would kill for a tenth of that energy. I'll I'm not even exaggerating when I tell you that Charlie literally jumped, crawled back up in the trailer and jumped over this box and I, at a, a hundred times at least. <laughs> just just a just a constant I mean, and he was like uh he would move the box out and I'd be like, Oh, that's a little far, buddy. Why don't you move it back in? And he would he'd he'd move it about an inch and he'd look and he'd say is that good? About a little, little bit closer. And so I'd always have him kind of butt it right up against the trailer. And then he would just constantly just, just jump, jump, jump. That was kind of fun. It was Dude, kind of fun. He to has kinda, so yeah. much energy. Yeah, just because oh that's God. the first time, you know, I've been around him before, but that was really kind of the first time uh, he, where he was, he kind of opened up to me and he actually came up to me and goes, now what's your name again? <laughs> <laughs> He yeah, also asked if he could have some of your orange juice. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. That's been a that's been a very added unforeseen enjoyment to the fun flies for me over the last couple of years. Yeah. As everyone's just kind of, you know. Now, the flip side, the the bad part to that is I have a a kind of a hard time balancing like being Nick RCHN at a fun fly and being Nick Auden's dad and you know yeah and, and you, you, not you can you could definitely sense that struggle that internal struggle it's really hard for me like yeah. for me it really is because I I just love to you know like like T-Rex guy man I, just how awesome is that to be able to, you know, to get down. His name was Randy, by the way. I got an email from What's him. What's his name? Andy? Randy. Randy. Yep. 
So it's cool. I haven't had a chance to reply back, but it's I'm I'm excited to continue. You know, here's someone who flew like 30 years ago or something. And, you know, awesome guy. His shit was jacked, though. I mean, it was, but. It was, not, old, it was old school. It was way old school. Yep. He had more pitch curves and this and, and, you know, but dude was super sharp and he understood everything. And like he very quickly, oh, okay, that makes sense. All right, let's do it. And it just became very apparent. I was like, all right, we're just going to go ahead and start all over. Like, you mind just bringing your stuff over, bring the castle link, uh, you know, and I was explaining to him, like, here's why, you know, we really don't want to build these bad habits because if that's your goal, you're going to end up being there. And he was just like, okay, yeah, well, it's going to take me a little bit of getting used to, but I think that makes sense. It was just awesome. And I love doing that. And it seems like Snohomish is one of my best events for that. I always find that one guy that needs a bunch of help that really wants to learn. And I get to sit down and spend a couple hours even, you know, with them. And it was great. But it's just, it's a, it's a difficult balance because you've got all the other people that you know that you chat with all the time. So they want to come and chat and do all this and that. But it's like, it's also really nice when we're, I mean, we almost have like our own little community of family now, you know, yep. uh, w- with us there. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's a nice vacation for us. <laughs> yeah. I'm like the weird uncle that lives in the basement. Dan, yeah, but it's your family, man. You know it. <laughs> the can, weird can... uncle that lives in the basement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Uncle Buck. You ever seen that movie Uncle Buck yeah. dude with John Candy? Oh, That's he's Dan. harmless. Just don't let the kid sit on his lap. <laughs> we really don't want him watching the kid all weekend, do we? Yeah. But but no, so it's I I do have a hard time with that. Because it was different before when the families didn't go because I could just you know, it was just helly, 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 helly all day long. And it's like the only thing that I would miss out on is, you know, my flying or whatever. Cool part is my wife's very understanding. She knows that's my element. And, um, you know, now that Auden's got other kids to play with, he's he's way self-entertained. So, yeah, just 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 a balance. Mm-hmm. Tough to find that balance. It was a good. It was a good time. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it was, and I and I look forward to you know I still got that pile of stuff out on the bench like we mentioned, and and I'm not in a hurry. You know, I'm not in a hurry. It felt kind of good to get back to go out to Jesse's, and now I'm kind of like, all right, I'm just gonna keep slowly dinking and chipping away at at all of the heli projects, um. It just, it feels good. Feels like a good balance. I'm having fun flying. Jesse and I, uh, Sunday, now that was fun. Uh, Jesse and I were definitely in our element as far as um, we're out there, we're flying, we're just kind of back to back and stuff, each going out there with a heli. And, and it's really fun when we pay attention to each other, if that makes sense. Like go out there and stand next to your buddy when he's flying. 
Not sit there and, you know, dink on your phone while your batteries are charging or getting ready. Get your heli ready. Walk out there. Set your stuff down and watch his flight. And he was doing something. I was like, hey, hey, do this. Do this. And it and it just gets fun because it turns into, I no, no, I'm going to crash. Oh, come on. Don't be a sissy. And then they try it and, you know, you totally bail out and pucker up and you laugh. And then it, it, it gets some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you do this? Well, then, but if you do, yeah, and then this will look like that. So do that. Okay, wait, what? Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. And you get that going. And then, you know, pretty soon now he's out there doing it when I'm flying. And I'm like, you know, I'm kind of missing something here. He's like, oh, do this and then and then do an elevator. And I'm like, whoa, that's, yeah, that's scary. He's like, I know, I know, do it. Let's try it. So then you do it and, you know, you do it high enough. But if no one, if your friends weren't there, you would never try that stuff because you just wouldn't even think about it. I would have to go watch a video, maybe see it, and then remember to sim it and try it and do it. But in this case, you know, in that one day, we each came out with a couple maneuvers that were very uncomfortable for us, but that kind of strung together into some really cool little kind of miniature routines and uh, it was fun, you know. It was it was really fun. It's it's fun to go out and push yourself and and feel awkward and you know, yeah. You know, it's easy to sit back in a big cushy business chair in a nice big office and make the call on how products should be, but if you want to stand behind products that you believe in, you better get out there and fly them yourself. Well, that's exactly what Bert at BK Designs does. Whether he's putting the hurt to the BK servos, smacking the crap out of the switchblades, or tweaking on the Spartan Flybarless system, you know the products you buy from BK Designs are flown and tested from the man himself. That's www.bkdesigns.com. Flown. Tested. Approved. Uh, Justin, you want to tell us about, you're getting ready to go to Urcha. Yes. Are you prepared? And what does that process entail? No, I'm not prepared. Uh, The process is one that I think now I'm fairly familiar with. You know, we did our own Urcha thing. What is it? Two years ago now? Yeah. Yeah. Two years. Holy crap. It feels like a lot longer than that. Uh, that was a little bit of a unique one because we we kind of did the whole road trip thing. So it wasn't so much packing. You know, the, the most uh, most challenging part of that trip was just getting through it with the drive there. Well, you know what I mean? I don't mean that in a negative oh, way. Oh, trust me. I know exactly but, you know, you getting there through the drive. And everybody and was alive at the end. That was everyone good. was alive. That was good. Yeah. You know, it, and then the whole camping out which i'll never do again uh because even with the air conditioner thing in the in the camper it was painful and then driving back so since then my last what has it been one i guess one urcha which was last year and then ohb i traveled also and this will be the third sort of i'll call it uh fly to event and What's unique about that in comparison to a fun fly that you drive to 
is you all of a sudden you've got to get very creative and efficient about what you think you want to bring. Because at a fun flight, especially like you and Nick, where you've got the big trailers, right? You, I mean, Nick, you've got two of every tool hanging off of your pegboard on the wall. That is true. That does not work when you have to fly somewhere. No. Because what I look at it as is I sit here and I look out through my, my garage or my garage shop at the bench and the pegboard and the toolboxes and every single thing I see looks like a dollar bill to me. <laughs> well, and I'm being serious yeah, yeah. because it's expensive as shit. See, for me, man, I mean, I'm I'm always the guy. I am the guy that overpacks, that overbrings stuff, right? I mean, everywhere we go, I've always got all the tools and this and that. Urcha, mm-mm. I wouldn't even hesitate at barely bringing anything because there's so many people there with that stuff. Who cares? Yeah. Just go borrow it. This is no, true. you're, you're absolutely correct. And that's why as I've, as I've done this a couple of times now, I quickly learned what makes sense and what doesn't. And you know, the, so for me, I need a bare minimum number of tools, pretty much just the critical ones that I would need at at any time during the speed competition. And that's like the, you know, the the 2.5, the three millimeter driver, pair of ball link pliers, just in case some tape and a little bit of lube beyond that. I don't really feel like I need all that much so that that makes the tool part nice and easy. And then you get to the helis and the painful bit about the helis is that you've got to most of them. You're going to have to take apart a little bit, which sucks, especially when it's got a fuselage on it. Um, the, the double golf case that I've got will fit. It will fit four helis, but it will come in over 70 pounds which is the sort of the upper limit for the reasonable but still offensive price of checking a massive bag. (laughs) So for those people who don't know, uh, each airline has their own set of rules for oversized and overweight baggage. And notice I, I distinguish between the two because there is oversized baggage as defined by a piece of baggage whose length plus width plus height exceeds like between 60 and 80 inches, depending on the airline. There's a charge for that. Then there's overweight baggage. And there are two levels of that. 50 pounds is your first level. If you get above 50 pounds, you're officially overweight. If you get above 70 pounds, that or 75 i think with united then you get extreme overweight the problem with this is is that there's no like package deal right you 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 don't negotiate with them where it's like look i'm overweight and i'm oversized i know that's 200 a piece can we do it for 350 they just charge you the same amount and add it all together and so if you get an overweight and an over or extreme oversized, you could be spending like three to five hundred dollars one way. 
Jesus. to ship the thing. And I did that the first Urcha that I traveled, and it sucked. I got a little bit better at it for OHB. I'm going to try to be even better this time. And so what I've learned is uh, the, the only thing that goes in the case is the helis and the blades. If you need to bring parts, your transmitter, obviously batteries can't be checked, right? That's a carry-on thing. That all goes in like a duffel bag or a backpack or something that you carry with you so that you don't get screwed on the baggage charge. Uh, So, you know, what I've been doing this week is I've got this sort of like foam system that goes together like a jigsaw puzzle. And I'm starting to try to measure everything out. And, you know, I've I've done the R5 before. um, So I know how that goes in. TDR2, I'll be honest, is a little bit of a challenge because technically it's like a 750 or an 800 right out of the box, which means the boom is freaking long as hell. And I'm trying to figure out how I can get it in the box without taking shit off of it. I don't think it's going to be possible. Um. So the the thing that I'm trying new this year, though, Dan, is splitting it up into two golf cases. Ah. Now, I, I'm not sure yet whether I'm going to end up committing to this. But as I said, the problem with the big golf case, the double, is that you're automatically going to get hit with the oversized. And chances are you're going to get hit with at least an overweight. Uh, well, the the first offense, regardless of whether it's overweight or oversize, is only 150 bucks on most most airlines. And then every offense after that is like 200. So I think if I can get everything into two smaller golf bags and all I get charged for is the oversized, then it costs me 300 to get everything there instead of. Four fifty-five or more. Okay, now I need to ask what I believe is an obvious question, but maybe I'm completely wrong. Why would you not just ship it to someone and have it cost like hundred bucks? Okay, very good question. And in fact, I've had a number of listeners say, "Hey, you know, did you think about shipping it?" Blah 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 blah. It's a good point. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up two key, key uh, drivers for why I'm not going to do this. Uh, one of them has to do with me. And that is that I'm never ready for anything until that anything happens. So as, as I said at the fun fly to a couple of people, no, I'm not ready for Urcha. I'm certainly not ready for the Speed Cup. I will be ready when I step up to actually compete and just before the heli gets light on the skids. What that means is shipping is out, Nick, because you have to do that well in advance. Like for these these size packages, unless you want to spend like 500 or more dollars, then it can take up to a week and a half or two weeks to get to the destination. Yeah. So that's reason number one. Reason number two, I've had really bad luck with. (laughs) I was just going to say, if it gets to the destination, with with shipping carriers, 
either it doesn't get there or it it goes to five places around the country before it does or damage occurs. And so you're right. This is an obscene cost, but at least I know it's going to get there in one piece because, you know, even at the at the airport, the minute I check in at the counter, they say, go around the corner to the oversized baggage area. And I go there and they have to get out their little TSA key and they unlock my lock and I get to sit there and watch them inspect and sniff it and all that great stuff and then make sure that it gets put back together and locked before it gets sent down the ramp. So I have far more confidence that the thing is actually going to get there in one piece. I mean, would you try to ship? Oh, I would only ship. And you'd be okay with shipping two weeks in advance. Yeah. That's what it took. That's what it took. You bet. I am not paying. Dude, I'm not going to pay in shipping what it would cost to buy another airframe. Damn. You should think about that. <laughs> You're paying you in shipping. You had to shipping. go there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. No, I, no, no, no. Let's break this down. You are basically going to pay about $50 per flight. What say that again? $50 per flight? Yeah. At Urcha. At Urcha. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, right. Hey, guess what? Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> That's subtle. <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely okay. So I, I hear you. And maybe, maybe, you know what? I'm going to make it a goal next year. When I travel, I will do the shipping thing. I will try to do the shipping and get there in time and be ready. Plus you don't, then you don't have to drag all that shit to the airport. That is a big benefit. That's yeah. Really? Benefit. The only thing that you do have to, to do is. Tear it back down while you're there, which I guess you have to do that if you're going to, you know, if you're going to pack it and take it home. Although I feel like I would definitely package it more carefully if I was shipping it than if I was just, you know, taking it on the airport. I mean, if I was going to ship it, honestly, I think I'd probably just build a wooden crate, right? I mean, because then, you know, it's going to be able to take the beating that it's going to get in shipping and, and that, you know, that that's fine. The problem with it is, and I think you were going there, Nick is you got to ship it back. Right. And so take this trip, for instance, I fly out 6 a.m. Tuesday morning, most of the day flight. Cause I'm going to the East coast. I fly back to Seattle. 6 a.m. Sunday morning. Now, when the hell am I going to have time to ship that? Well, so what you do, okay, you're obviously going to ship it to someone's house, right? No, or, I could ship it to the hotel. To the hotel, yeah. Okay, to the hotel, right? You just shipped it, and you printed out your label for shipping it, so you know the exact size, weight, and everything. Why can you not buy another label for the shipping date of Sunday buy a roll of tape 
You know, the little tape with the little sawed edge on the end of it. Put it all back in the box, tape it up, have your label printed out, your return label, bring it with you, and you can most certainly find someone that would drop it off at UPS for you. Because it's all done. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. So consider this as well. Now, this this isn't a helicopter, but just uh, not too long ago, I was just kind of gandering around at some at a motorcycle in Florida. And just for giggles, because they said they do shipping. What do you think it costs to ship a motorcycle from Florida to Montana? I don't know. I have no idea. $275. A motorcycle? A motorcycle in a crate. Yep. What? Yeah, you're really getting screwed. Like, really getting and screwed. It, and it, now you're just pissing me off it, here. It, it took, and it would take two, at the longest, two weeks. Uh, yeah, they're, okay, they're, well, they're really sticking it to you there, big time. You know what? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can get creative this weekend. You don't have time. Yeah, now. You know, here's another thought. I mean, I do. What if I just break the helicopters down smaller? So if it was me, like I know you can't in your situation, but let's say I was going right, and I wanted to bring the the seven hundred and the five seventy, and I had to take it on. It would probably be cheaper and easier for me to buy canopies there. And walk down the yeah. flight line and sell one, sell them at fifty percent off. Canopy uh, right here, thirty bucks. Use for three, use for four flights. Doesn't work for a fuselage. Yeah, I know that doesn't work. You know what though? I will. I'll take this to heart. I am going to see if I can come up with. Something. I'm not going to guarantee it. I will report on it on the next show. But you have inspired me to not get screwed as hard as I was probably going to next week. I mean, yeah, dude, that, that's, that is the price of the current, you will be paying and shipping the price of the current 700 competition airframe. That's a whole additional freaking helicopter. Dun, dun, dun. No way. Just laying down some car. Oh, never mind. No, yeah. yeah, I got Dan all tongue-tied. I know, right? threw it down so hard. That's right. Anyway, it's a very good point. A very good point. I think that's a good talk because a lot of you get a lot of questions about that kind of stuff, right? I mean, people are asking you about that traveling with helis quite a bit. Yeah, they they are. They have I get about as many questions as I get suggestions. And it's not that I'm I'm trying to ignore the suggestions. Frankly, it's just that I wait until the last minute because <laughs> I've got so much other shit going on. And you, and you pay for it. Every and day. I do and pay see, for it. I mean, I if you're, you're traveling right. with buddies, like, I'll be honest, man. I mean, I am all about, I look at it exactly like what Jesse and I did the other night with flying. We we shared everything, but we, we both had a great time. So if you can do it, I mean, dude, I would, I would definitely be sharing as much as I could. To the point of now, if I was really packing and bringing a heli and I was going with someone and I knew their stuff and we flew similar stuff, I'd be 
general, I would seriously be tempted on even sharing a transmitter. Yeah, well, you can share a transmitter a little bit easier with the V control, it sounds like. This is true. I mean, can't you copy a file, a model file off your jetty yeah, and yeah, load you're it right. onto you a can. card onto someone That's else's? That's absolutely true. You're right. I could. I never thought of that, but it's kind of like, it, that's your radio. That's I like know. yours. <laughs> but all what I'm saying is all this stuff adds up. Chargers, batteries, you know, radios, all that stuff takes time, space, and weight. Yeah. It is absolutely true. And you can yeah. get you can get two seven hundreds down pretty freaking small if you're not packing a tremendous amount of stuff else with it. Well, and that's what I think I will focus on because I'm pretty sure like if I got the airframes down to basically little chunks, I could put those in a suitcase like wrapped in clothes you cut, mm-hmm. and then, you the, cut the, then the booms. Just cut those in four, the booms in four pieces and then duct tape yeah. them back together. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 we tried that on the Diablo. It doesn't work all that well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, that that's when I think of the travel thing, whether it's Urcha or another one, that's the biggest challenge for me. It's not it's not the travel itself. I don't mind flying. I don't mind rental cars and hotel rooms and all that stuff. It's just the the hassle uh of having to deal with the packing and the cost of it. I'd love to be able to just drive, but that's not practical for most of these events. And the stuff that I carry on the plane is never an issue. I mean, you do have to be, got to be mindful of the packs. You can't bring a ton of them. And you you will, you will should never bring a pack that you're not willing to uh, either throw away or emergency ship back home. Because if you pull a quick one and try to get more capacity through, than the TSA allows, and you get the one guy that knows the math, then he's going to call you on it. And I've heard of this happening before. It's never happened to me, uh, but you know, it's it's a risk. What do they do if they on, catch you? Well, so the if you go under the TSA.gov and look up batteries traveling with batteries, there's a little pamphlet right. and it'll tell you for all the different types of batteries, lead acid and, you know, lithium ion or polymer, blah, 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 blah. So for, for lithium polymer, there's a, there's basically a rule that says any pack that is in excess of, I want to say like 110 or 120 uh, watt hours so multiplying the voltage times the milliamp hours or capacity you can have you you're limited to two okay so for most large 14s packs above about 4000 or 4500 you exceed the limit which means you can only bring two anything below that you can bring as many as you want now generally they just kind of look at it and they're like oh it's a it's a battery um okay and they sniff it and they rub the little gauze over it and stick it in the machine and you're good to go. If you really want to, you, you fool them, you bring it in your transmitter case like I do. And they open the transmitter case and I'm like, damn, 
what is that thing? Do you fly drones? <laughs> and so then we're having a conversation about flying drones while he's sniffing the packs, but not actually looking at what the packs are labeled as. So, yeah. That's one way. Uh, I have heard of people who get caught, though, and and say, oh, yeah, you've got too many of this capacity. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to ask you to throw it away or ship it. And then if you ship it, you basically have to go back out through security, right. ship it, and then come back through. You know, uh, in my last job, we were getting batteries from China uh, to, to try out. And what was funny about that is a uh, 20,000 milliamp 6S battery would show up with a label that's, that said 1,500 milliamps. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, have, I have received, I'm not going to say who, for to say, but I have received from normal battery manufacturers packs, and I actually accused them of sending me the wrong battery <laughs> <laughs> they're like actually that's, it is that's what we call in the biz a workaround yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you're just getting more than what you paid for <laughs> there you go so are you excited justin i mean you're you're excited to get I down am. there and Give the uh, the new uh, timing system a good solid try. Yep, timing system is en route, uh, so that'll be used. I'm excited to fly the MHSFA banners um, under the official logo as a real nonprofit company. That'll be really awesome, uh, and I'm I'm excited to just meet up with friends who I don't see, but maybe once or twice a year. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's, yes, the hobby's lower. I think we'll see that when, when we're at Urcha and I'll certainly be prepared to report on it. Uh, but can't wait to hear about some of that stuff. Can't wait. Yeah. I, I, I can't wait to see, cause you know, we, we talk about it a lot and we hear bits and pieces from manufacturers and whatnot, but I feel like Urcha is one of the only places, maybe OHB too, that is, has enough, um, uh, I guess commercialization or or trade show feel to it to really give you an indication of the state of the hobby. Yeah. It's kind of like uh uh you know like a temperature gauge. So we'll see. Yep. And and I know there are people there are some manufacturers that are going to be bringing new things to Urcha. I don't know what the hell that HD thing is that you got tagged in on Facebook. That's like a you know 1500 millimeter heli, but I hope they have one there. Ooh. Because that's going to be fantastic to see. Does it have two motors? Um, I don't think so. Did you see it, dude? I did see it, yeah. I was just poking a little fun at somebody else's expense. Yeah, true. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I, I, I'm excited. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I will do my best to report back. All righty. Anything else you, you guys uh, want to talk about before we head out of here? I'm good, man. Have fun at Urcha. Absolutely, man. Have a blast. 
Yep, I will try. Thank you, guys. All righty. Well, we should wrap this one up. But before we do, let's do some emails. Nick, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? You would send me an email at nick at rchelynation.com or best way lately has been to catch me on my Facebook page at nicklinrchn. How about you, Justin? You could send me an email to justin at rchelynation.com. Catch me on Facebook or the forums as Justin Pucci or look for me at Urcha. Please feel free to walk up and say hi. I will be walking around. If you wanted to get in touch with Jesse, you could do that at jesse at allbecamping.com. <laughs> jesse at rchelynation.com. He's also on Facebook. Pretty easy to find. Uh, I'm Dan. You can reach me at dan at rchelynation.com. Dan K. Reed on the forums. If uh, you wanted to get in touch with Ken, any questions about uh, merchandise, uh, shirts, hats, uh, citizen registrations, you can do that at Ken at rchelynation.com. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Listener's Corner on, on uh, Heli Freak, and uh, the usual. I do think that about wraps it up, guys. This has been episode 242. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We'll see you next Monday. Bye-bye. Later, guys. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC, and is brought to you by BK Designs, Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Rev Electrics USA, Lower Heli, Superiosity, and MSH USA. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email. Yeah.